Okay, this might be a long one, uh, but we'll try and keep it tight because we are pushing like over, <laughs> over an hour. Man, we never, we always say we're going to do like, we'll just do an hour. And it always, it never, we never go within an hour, man. Okay. I, I was about to say, were, were you really expecting this to be an hour? I was hoping. I mean, I'm not trying to take up too much <laughs> of your time. Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. This is your host, John Flores, and today I'm joined by one of our most frequent guests and my best friend, Justin Hartwell. Welcome back, man. Welcome to Volume 2. Man, I am so glad to come back for Volume 2 because the first set was was already awesome as it is. The fact that you're going for a second one... I am more than happy to help out and join in, man. Well, first off, did you did you happen to listen to episode fourteen, the one that we just that I just posted earlier this week? I did not. I haven't had a chance to catch up to it just yet. Man, it's a doozy. I'm not gonna lie. It was a lot of fun recording because it was a live pod. So okay, and it was with the most guests we've ever I've ever had. It was with four other people and. We were all kind of drinking and stuff like that, and oh god, it was, dude. It's it's a free for all. It we I tried to like keep order and like have like generalized topics, but it was it was oh buddy all over. Oh man, all over is a, is a. <laughs> it, I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was it was different. I'll give you that, dude. It was really different from what I've from anything I've done yet on the pod. I don't know whether I'm open to doing it like that again, but, you know, it was it was fun, I guess. Maybe next time you can do it here, we can have, like, an actual full-on comic book discussion with everyone here at the house. It was, you know, house comic book. Well, we got to tease, tease the fact that we were going to do a console, video game console, later on this year. Me and you were going to talk about not as lengthy as our comic book, our superhero film conversation, but kind of going over the history. Four-parter. Yeah, <laughs> four hours long. But we were going to talk about the history of like video game consoles, our favorite consoles, what we grew up with, and all that stuff. That's that's coming on. That's going to happen later on in the year. And then we were going to do another episode later in the year about this year in review of superhero films we were gonna yep. do that later uh that's that's coming so let's let's dive into this speaking of superhero films i was talking to you about this last night i rewatched x-men apocalypse a film we left off of the whole superhero film conversation and we both recently watched logan so yeah we were talking about the differences between those films how we're briefly going to touch on this the how X-Men Apocalypse was pretty much utterly forgettable and Logan was excellent. So how did you feel about the two films, you know, very briefly? I mean, X-Men Apocalypse, it wasn't completely forgettable, but it was definitely, it didn't have the same staying power as First Class or Days of Future Past, like the whole rebooted X-Men idea. Yeah. But Logan was, I mean, incredible. I think it's probably the best movie that Fox has put out uh, so far, at least with this newer generation of uh, movies. Now, of course, X1 and X2 were 
great in their own rights back in the early 2000s, but Logan just, it felt like an actual Wolverine comic come to life with the range of emotions and the violence and everything coming together. It's just, it was very, very well done. Yeah, man. I'll say this about X-Men Apocalypse. I watched it again last night and it's not bad. I think I told you this. It's in this very awkward position where it's not terrible. It's not a bad film, but it's just not like just it was just like kind of whatever. It was a wasted potential. Like they kind of crammed too much into it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying it's just a toss movie. There's nothing real. There's no real staying power with it. It's just oh cool a movie and that's it. Yeah, whereas Logan, I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep it real, dude. I got choked up at the end. I loved, part of me felt like the violence was excessive, but then the other part of me was like, no, that's it's justified because that's Wolverine. That's Logan. That is That is who Wolverine is supposed to be. The man has claws coming out of his hands. It ain't supposed to be pleasant. It's supposed to be vicious and violent and brutal and that i just felt like it was accurate it was justified we're we're not going to do spoilers because there are people who haven't seen it yet but i mean professor x was astounding in it my only complaint was it was it's two and a it's like two hours and 15 minutes with previews and everything you're pushing two and a half hours it definitely felt long but i don't think there was anything they could have you know like cut out or anything like that no i mean like like you were saying, the cast was phenomenal. The girl in the movie yeah, was X twenty three, an incredible pick. Yeah, she was a an phenomenal pick. Yeah, man. Um, she's got to be what like like ten, eleven years old, maybe. Like, I was about to, I would say twelve at max. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't go. Like, she's young. She's very young. She has a bright future. They're able to keep the comic books going. Yeah, man, and I would love, that's the other thing, I was like, I would love to see an X-23 movie, like, I'm like, oh, man, that would be really dope, like, that would be, like, I would look forward to that, just a sign of how good it was, Stephen Merchant as Caliban, I was like, even he was excellent in that movie, like, I was like, he was in the movie for probably, give or take, uh, like, if you took all of his scenes together, maybe 10 minutes minutes. 10 minutes of the film and he was great in it i was like i felt for him as well like i was like these are all really well-developed characters and caliban was in uh apocalypse wasn't he yeah but it was a different actor it was uh they're not the same actor i don't even know depending on the timeline i don't even know anymore if it's like the same caliban or anything like that it's it's a mess it's a fucking mess it's fox i mean so, Jess and I, one of my roommates, was just talking about it last night, how uh, Hugh Jackman at a Comic-Con one year said, you know, Logan's my last one, but if he was part of the MC Universe, I would still be playing, I would happily still play Wolverine. Yeah, but that's, I mean, never say never, but I just don't see Fox and Marvel ever making that happen. Like, they... Like, I always thought that a Spider-Man in the MCU was impossible, and I was proven wrong, but, I, dude, I don't see it. Like, Fox and Fox and Marvel, I generally think, do not like each other. Like, they are, like... And by Marvel, I mean, like, Marvel Studios, Marvel Entertainment, which is owned by Disney. So, it really boils down to a Fox versus, like, Disney thing. 
And I really think that, well, Fox is owned by News Corp. And so it boils down to a News Corp versus Disney thing. And I really believe those two companies hate each other. I mean, I think I think it's just Fox is floundering right now. Yeah, that's all they got. Because, yeah, it's all because I mean, if you look at their just their TV uh, section, I mean, Family Guy had its run; it's dead. Yeah. American Dad has its run; it's dead. Cleveland Show had its run; it's down. The only thing they have left is Simpsons, which is probably never going to die. Yeah, and, and they have a bunch of trash reality TV shows. It's like. Mm. Exactly, and that's like so they're going to cling to this as long as humanly possible because they're so fucking greedy about it. Well, I mean, they're—it's a business, right? They have to hold on to their assets and maximize profits, right? You know, so. Well, true, but I mean, if you look at what Sony did, like, hey, we'll give you this guy back, but you got to give us X amount of profit. Yeah. If you still want to profit from whatever you have, that is your best move to do it with. Because if you keep making these movies and they keep swapping. You're going to have to sell the rights off anyways, and then where are you going to be? Yeah, it's, I mean, just look at Fantastic Four. I mean, we, we've talked to that to death, but this is also the same yeah. company that gave us the Fantastic Four reboot. I think we can both agree, and closing on this topic and moving on, I think we can both agree there is a deal, there is an arrangement that could be made, but we just don't think that, you know, for business reasons, for pride reasons probably thrown in as well, that it's never going to happen. But it could. That's the frustrating thing. It could happen. It's, it's very plausible. Yeah, exactly. Very plausible. It's, but, like, I I just don't think, like, with Sony making the deal with Marvel, they kind of, after Amazing Spider-Man 2, they kind of had nothing. They had nothing. So they were like, we have to make a deal. Fox, I mean, with the success of Deadpool and Logan... They're not on. They're not. They're not at rock bottom. They they actually are still alive, but they're not dominating. They're just not dead in the water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the, I mean, if you think about it, Logan was their last Wolverine movie, so they can't use him anymore. Yeah, unless they try to reboot it, and then if they try to reboot Wolverine, you're going to get so much crap. That's that's. I don't know if they can, man. I don't. I mean, like I said, never say never, but. I, I just don't see, I mean, he's been playing this character, uh, Hugh Jackman has been playing this character for 17 years, he's kind of the guy, I just, I just don't think they can, like, he's Wolverine, he is Wolverine, like, they would be better served moving on with X-23 instead of rebooting Lo- Logan, I'm like, you need to move on with X-23, not redo load double back yeah don't just move forward don't double back yeah exactly but hey, hey it's fox and who knows what the hell they're gonna come up with man who who the fuck knows <laughs> we were gonna only talk about this for like five minutes we're already at 11 minutes <laughs> right <laughs> anyway, anyway 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 okay so what the real thing we wanted to talk about and i don't know how comfortable you are talking with the topic so justin you just got out of a relationship. How are you feeling right now about it? In bro- in very broad, uh, in very broad, non-specific terms. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, totally fine. I got you. Um, I feel I feel all right. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where it we kind of came to a mutual agreement. It's yeah. probably 
It was an interesting breakup, but not in a bad way, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, knowing or, both parties, yeah, I get, I can see that. It's never easy, but I, knowing you for as long as I have, this was definitely not your worst breakup. No, it, this is definitely one of the easiest ones I've ever had. And, it, and, you know, and just the fact that two people can be adult about the situation and come to an understanding like we did yeah. makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, it's... Look, I I always have to defer to you with re- relationship stuff because while I while I have uh, had my experience with women, I am a fucking novice even at twenty seven when it comes to sustained long term relationships over like a given time. So I only can think I only can speak of them theoretically, but you can speak practically. Let's 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 get away from you. For the most part, let's talk to uh, in a broad, generalized term. What do you think about like long-term relationships in your experience? I don't know, like general rules of thumb, general like like guidelines. What do you what do you think that hey, this is I've I've been through these. Here's some things to look out for, and here's some things you have like work best. What would you say in you know broad, generalized terms? Well, broad, generalized terms. I mean, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, this is a given, but communication is the absolute key in a relationship. If you want any chance and hope of making it last, communication means communication. Like, I don't want to say brutal honesty because, of course, that has some kind of implications, but if if a relationship is going to last long term, you both need to be on an understanding level that of just receiving criticism. Like that's probably one of the biggest things. Like if someone is doing something that bothers you, you need to feel that you can communicate that to the other individual. Like, Hey, I don't like when you do this. I like when you do this. And if the other person doesn't take criticism well, instantly thinks, Hey, you said, you say you don't like that about me. So that means you want to break up. No. That's not good communication. That's that's taking one thing and jumping with it. If I may interject, Uh just to uh, add to what you're saying, you said something uh, earlier where you said, I think I believe you said something about if you want it to, if you want this relationship to last, if you want it to work. I think another part of that communication you just spoke to, spoke on, is. Not only it, it's part of the honesty is recognizing what what type of relationship you expect this to be because that's part of the communication. That's part of the honesty. Is am I doing this for the fun? You know whether that's you know companionship or sexual or whatever, or am I in this for the long term? So just that's part of what I wanted. To, that's just something I wanted to add. That that's also part of the communication and honesty. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying, like, you mean, communication is a very broad topic. Yeah. It can go from, you know, talking with one another about, you know, pet peeves one another has and if the other one encroaches on those to, you know, the type of relationship you're having to, you know, even like towards the end of a relationship, if it is, you say, hey, you know, I've been having these thoughts, you know, it feels like we're not going in the right direction. What are your thoughts? And just being able to have an open communication with someone like that is key. And if it's, you know, some people, you know, will disagree or say, you know, you can't have these conversations because feelings will get hurt and so on and so on and so forth. Yeah. 
if you can't openly communicate with, you know, this is how I feel or this feels wrong or I don't like this, if you can't have that conversation both ways, like maturely, then it's not a relationship you should be in. Yeah. Friendship or otherwise. Oh yeah, that's a that's another thing I wanna point out that all the things we've we you just said applies to pretty much any relationship to varying degrees, whether that's friendship, family, work relationships, it's it applies to everything. Like people think that romantic relationships are embody this like exclusive universe where only their laws apply in this specific realm. And it's like, well no, actually the stakes are higher in a rom- romantic relationship, but pretty much the same laws apply to all relationships, more or less, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. How do you feel about... I get this question a lot because, and this kind of speaks to me and you, but in a re- in a romantic sense, if I could ever date someone or be with someone religious, and I'm like, but how do you feel about, like, differences they say those like that bullshit adage that opposites attract and it's like well not necessarily but what i'm asking is how do you feel about differences like personal differences do you think that do you think there are deal breakers right off the bat or do you think that there's no such thing as deal breakers we can work through it if we're willing to try right um i think it varies on degree of like how far into a relationship you actually are yeah exactly um, because, you know, if you're first meeting someone and it's just for funsies, y'all are hanging out, you know, sleeping together, but it's nothing completely serious, then no, you're, you're all good. Like, if it's something that, you know, if it's something that heavily influences your life, but you like this person, then you, maybe you need to communicate that. But yeah. that's what goes into, you know, the actual, the more serious of a relationship, because, you know, I'm traditionally Catholic. And say I was dating an atheist. Yep. Okay. Doesn't believe in God in any way, shape, or form. Okay. So, of course, if that relationship continued to marriage or whatever, I would like to have the kids baptized. Yep. My, you know, my romantic partner would probably say, no, that's dumb. There's no point to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't, they may not be that dismissive. They might say, I don't feel the same way or I don't appreciate that uh, ceremony or practice as much as you do. I don't think I don't think I would like to believe that they wouldn't be as dismissive if they're your romantic partner that you've been with for a while and married. Just a just a point of order, just a point of order. But that's what I was, um, that's what I was getting to is like say this is a serious relationship. Yeah. Okay? And you're not and you're not married yet. Okay, all right. Okay. I, I misunderstood. My apologies. No, no, you're fine. I probably didn't word it correctly. So let's start that over. Okay. If the person I'm with, and we're in a serious relationship looking forward, looking forward to marriage and kids and everything. Yes, 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 yes. Me being a traditional Catholic would like to have my kids baptized. Yep. And the person I'm with may say, no, that's dumb, that's worthless, or they might say, you know, I... I understand why, and we can do that. And then everything in between, it depends on what you're able to tolerate and what you're comfortable and okay with. Because if I was being atheist and they said, you know what, I don't personally believe in that, but if that's, you know, together, if we can come to an understanding like that would be okay, then yes, we will have the kids back. That is, that is key for that long-term relationship with differences. 
Like I'm a like I'm traditionally conservative when it comes to politics. A little more mid ground than conservative, but I'm on like the conservative area of mid ground. If that makes sense. I think it's called conservative conservative leaning, not necessarily full on conservative, but you you tend to lean a certain way. Okay, there we go. So I I, I lean towards conservative from the mid ground. Okay. Um. So if I were to date someone who was heavily liberal or Democrat, yeah. You know, that would probably wear on the relationship, especially with the mess that's been going on in our country for the past, what, six months? Uh, has it only been six months? Ish. Well, yeah, so, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, but again, it's one of those things where, depending on your partner, is what will reflect on the stability of the relationship. And both of y'all can have, like you and I, you and I can have conversations all day long about any topic. And you know, at the end of the day, we're still friends and we're still going to hang out and, and it's all good. Yeah. But the people who instantly say, you know, I like Trump more than Hillary, and they instantly say, you're what's wrong with the country, you're sexist, blah, 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 blah. Every time you have a conversation, it's not going to last, whether it be relationship or friendship or otherwise. That's yeah. not a conducive environment for anything positive to proceed from. You know, my mom my mom and my, my stepdad, they've been together a while and I would like to believe they're a very successful relationship and and I haven't just heard them heard this from them, but I've but they were the first person to introduce me to this concept. The key to a successful relationship is you have to like the other person. Like you don't 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 buy into that love bullshit. Don't be like Oh, I love that person more than life itself. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to like that person. Like, you honestly have to want to hang out with that person every day of your life or most days out of your life. Like, you can't just be like, I love you. My love for you knows no bounds. It's like, yeah, that's nice and good and all, but that that's not practical. That doesn't, that's not real life. You have to like that person. Exactly. You have to, like, generally be interested in what that person thinks and feels. Like, you have to like the other person and that I feel like that gets lost that that is why most relationships end because people don't realize every day is every day with someone you know yeah well my parents caught me when I was young probably like middle school yeah they said they called me and said look Justin if you go into every relationship looking for marriage you're going to be miserable yep because dating is dating you know, there's going to be several relationships in your life. Maybe you're lucky and you'll, you know, you'll knock, a, you'll knock a home run on your third person you ever date and you're married to that person for the rest of your life. If you're lucky. Okay. If you're lucky. But, you know, we had this conversation before where relationships increase and decrease your odds of finding that person as you date more people. Yeah. Because it's, your odds decrease because it goes from, you know, if you date four people, you have a one in four chance of marrying one of those people. But if you date 25 people, it's one in 25. But at the same time, as my parents taught me, as you date, you're going to find out what you like, what you don't like, or what you can tolerate. And through your dating experiences, you'll be able to fine-tune each of those columns to where this person you may be dating for a couple months to a year and say, hey, things I like are pretty high. 
The things I don't like are pretty damn low, and the things I can tolerate are kind of marginal, maybe a little on the low side. So, so I think I think if if I may to encapsulate what you're saying, what you said earlier was you the more you date, the more you learn about what you like, but the more you date, the le- less likely out of the candidates you've dated, you'll find your long-term spouse. Is that is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. I don't so, necessarily 100% agree with it, but I understand where you're coming from. About that, it's not supposed to be like a practical, it's just kind of like a logical numbers thing I thought of. Like. That, that, that's, your, that's the way you see it. That's not like some statistical algorithm you came up with in your free time. That's just the way you see it, right? No, it was just like one of the epiphany, like, huh, that's a very odd concept. Yeah. I wonder if there's any validity to it, and I just, you know, roll, roll it around in my head. Yeah, but, right. uh, but to go back to what your pastor telling you is, you want someone that becomes a part of your world, that isn't your entire world. Because, you know, I love you and I want to spend every day with you and, you know, you're the, you're the air in my lungs and the sun in my sky, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. That's oh, romantic and nice and pretty, but it's not practical. Yeah. Because, you know, my parents told me, you want someone to become a part of your world. Not your entire world. Because if they're your entire world and something were to happen, you can't function. You're yeah. done. But if they become a part of your world, you want to integrate them into your life. So if something bad does happen, yes, it's going to hurt and you're going to learn from it. But it's not, it's not world ending. Yeah. They may have a little bit, they may have a little bit of more of a cold hearted, logical kind of look to it, but that's my personal two cents on it. Yeah, and, you know, neither one of us have been married, neither one of us are marriage experts, but it's really funny, I feel like there's this, like, prevailing idea of what marriage is, like, you know, it's a guy marrying his fiance or marrying his long-term girlfriend, and it's all about, like, see, I don't want to sound unfair, but it's like, it's kind of like this resignation, where it's like, oh, well, I, I need to marry this person and start a life with them. And, you know, it's it's because I love her so much and stuff like that. The point I'm getting at very ineffectively is that I think that marriages need to be literally redefined or reconceptualized as a partnership or maybe not reconceptualized, but that idea needs to be pushed further. It's not. It's not like she's your princess or he's your knight in shining armor. It's this person is my partner. Like this is the person I want to tackle the rest of my life and tackle this world with. It's a partnership. It is a union, you know? Yeah. And which is exactly what it is. Like, I think it was you that sent me the screenshot of relationships are kind of like a mutual agreement, uh, against loneliness. <laughs> Which is, in a sense, completely correct. Yeah. Oh, but it's not, so, it's, yeah, it's not just like, loneliness, I, though. It's, it's you know, you want to start a life together. You know, it's like you want to potentially have children and start, like, a new branch of the family trees, I guess. I don't know. Well, and but, yeah, that's what marriage comes with. Again, some people say, you know, marriage is outdated and, or... Uh, I never want kids or this out of the other. Like, okay, fine. That's for you. Yeah. 
for those of us that believe in marriage and want marriage and kids and everything, it, it, it's a tag team. It's a tag team goal for world intercontinental tag team championship. Like, that's what you're doing. <laughs> I just had, I just had a funny thought. You can tell we're getting closer to thirty because I feel like more and more of our conversations start turning to marriage. Like we used to talk about like the dumbest shit as kids, and now we're like, oh yeah, you know, like you know, starting a life with people. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Lifelong plans and like, where's our life? Where are our lives headed? It's like, <laughs> hey, that's what comes with age, man. Hey, man. When you're well, younger, you talk about. The- Dumbest stuff, but then when you get older, you're like, shit, taxes, man. Taxes and marriage, shit. <laughs> mortgages. <laughs> no, but that mortgage is sounding right about, pretty nice right about now. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. I thought about it this morning because I was thinking about, I signed, I re-signed my lease uh, about a month ago, and I was like, am I going to sign it again next year? I was like, I don't know. Like, should I, like, start, like, thinking about Houses? Like, how long am I going to be renting? Like, how how does that work? Anyway, <laughs> we also wanted to talk about, we are a long distance relationship, right? Like, we have been friends since we were 13 or 14, going on 13 some years, 14 years, who the hell knows anymore. But we, I would like to believe that while not romantic, bromantically, you know, friendship wise, we are a long distance relationship. And... Yeah, I think we, we we teased this a long time ago that we were going to talk about this topic, but when we started being friends, you were in the middle of a long distance relationship with uh, the the girl referred to as Betty. Do you recall all that? Do you remember that conversation? Yes. Yes. And I think it was in our like first episode together we talked about this. But I, my question to you: You've been in how many how many long distance, honest to god, long distance relationships have you been in? One or two? Uh uh, define long distance. Like, what's the distance slash drive time? Okay. Uh, hmm. Thing like someone not not within like a 20, 30 minute driving facility? No, no, no. I would or, say long distance as in like it would take you most of the day to get to this person. Okay. So that's long distance. Okay. But in my, in my definition, because like. An hour distance between a, two people, I don't consider that a long-distance relationship. That's a frustrating distance, but it's not long distance. It's like, hey, she's out of my way, or he's out of my way, but, you know, I could be there in an hour, and we could have, go have dinner or go see a movie, and, like, I could spend the night, and we I could be home the next morning, like, in an hour. But, like, someone who's, like, you know, like, three, four, five hours or plus away, that's that's a long distance right there. Because that's like, to and from, that's like eight or nine hours. You know what I'm saying? So, hour is close enough to be considered local. Yeah, I think it's this middle, middle of the path. It's like this middle, uh, it's like this, like, both of, uh, what am I, what the fuck am, Justin, what the fuck am I trying to say? It's this kind of middle area, not not like local, but not long distance. Kind of like, ah, eh, she's out of my way. We don't live right next to each other. We live a distance away from each other, you know. But not long distance. You know what I'm saying? Fair. Yeah. All right. Cool. So now that we've defined for the rest of the world what a long distance is, <laughs> but uh, so how many of what I just described as a long distance relationship? How many of those have you uh been in? 
I have been in two for sure, and then a couple varying on the hour away. Okay, cool. But So for sake of argument, we'll say two long distance yeah. and one distance. Okay, How about that? Cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I like that. All right. So I'm of the belief that it is so improbable that a long-distance relationship could ever work. It is so unlikely that it's not even worth trying. Is that Does that sound overly cynical or pessimistic to you? A little bit, because it kind of depends on the people that are dating. Obviously. Because if you're an individual that needs constant communication or needs to see that person on a regular basis then yeah, that'll wear down on the relationship. Yeah. And then it also goes back to communication. You know, if you feel you're not getting the right amount of attention or this or the other for an actual relationship to keep going, you need to be able to voice that. Yeah. But you know, my previous relationships that were some kind of a long distance, you know, you have that amount of communication and you have that amount of like visit time that you're able to yeah. hold on to that relationship. Now granted, there was a, I was in a long Long distance relationship, again, quote unquote relationship. And this is a girl that lived in Florida. And I lived in Virginia. Yeah. And the only way we met was because she had an aunt and uncle or grandparents or someone who lived where I did. I met her one summer, we knocked it off, and then we tried dating. But but even then, that was one of the easier going relationships and breakups I've ever had because we understood that, hey, this distance thing isn't really going to work out. Yeah. Can we be friends? And we've been friends ever since. Yeah. But kids nowadays can't understand a, hey, it really isn't working out. I don't want to date anymore. And then they lose their mind. L- well, let me ask you this. You, you were talking about this, like, neediness to communicate, like, well, not to communicate, but this neediness to interact, like, constantly yeah. and stuff like that. And the big elephant in the room you're talking we're taught we're not addressing as far as a long distance relationship is the sex like the sexual desire to you know like if it's a monogamous exclusive relationship the person you're getting that sexual interactions from is hours and hours away and you're not getting it as much as you'd like that's also a strain on it but what i would what i want to ask you is do you think that kind of neediness for constant interaction that neediness for at least that that non-sexual interaction do you think that decreases with age? I feel it does. Like, I can tell you, man, I don't need to talk to people as much as I once did at any given time. Like, I'm like, nah, we can just text. And, you know, like, that that works. Yeah, I mean, but again, it also depends on the person. Yeah. Because some people need some kind of constant communication, need want to talk throughout the day, want to FaceTime at the end of every night, or want at least two, three phone calls a day, or, you know, Skype or whatever. And then there's other people, like you and I, that are, yeah, you're there because I know we're friends. I know you're going to be there. You know I'm going to be here. If we find something fun, we're going to send it to one another. If there's something big that we need to talk about, we'll try and get get in touch with the other person. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't need to talk to you every goddamn day. I mean, we might send some funny pictures to each other every now and then, but nah, we don't need to, like, nah, it's all good. Consistent communication. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what I you know what I think is big. You know what's big with relationships as far as like intimacy and interaction. You know what I you know what I'm realizing. 
uh, what are you realizing? Sitting down to eat with your 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 significant other, I think, is so yep. crucial. Or like just little things like that, where you do things together with that other person. Like, yep. It's not like some people might feel like a societal pressure to like always have their plus one because I'm gonna tell you as a guy as a bachelor uh, going to things and being like, oh, should we expect a plus one and always having to tell people no? I'm not gonna lie. I I definitely feel like this like societal pressure to be like god what are you a loser or some kind of shit i'm just be honest and uh so what i'm getting at is i i think those little moments like that like the hanging out and just lying in bed together and just shooting the shit and eating together and just engaging with each other like that either whether you have spoken interaction or not it's just the like someone being present i think that's where long distance relationships sink is where it, you're missing that part of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, when I was the, the longest relationship I've ever had, also, for a time, was the longest distance relationship I've ever had. Okay. Which was, one, I went through basic training in the Air Force. Yeah. So that was a handful of letters and a 15 to 30 minute phone call every week yep. for eight weeks. And then when I got to my tech school, my training, after basic, you know, we spent damn near every other night, you know, on Skype together. Yeah. You know, talking, just, you know, some of the times she would just be on the computer hanging out, and it would be me and my current dorm mate, whoever it was, and we'd all just be sitting in there shooting the shit. Yeah. And this was before I even had a smartphone. I still had like one of the old school like Samsung slider. Yeah. And she was pissed off because if I had a smartphone we could do FaceTime and Snapchat when that came out and this, that and the other. Yeah. But you know, there are ways as long as there's that mutual understanding of I'm with you, you're with me. You know, we're in this together, and there's no one else, and if we have the time, we'll spend the time together, then, you know, you can make it work. You can make it last how, however long you're going for. Yeah, but do you, would you, would you agree that there's this, I, I don't know, there's this negative connotation that digital interaction, the one you're describing, uh, I believe I know who you were describing, if I'm familiar exactly, but, uh. But do you feel like there's this negative connotation or frowned upon nature of digital interaction that it's artificial or contrived? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? To a degree. Because say, say, you know, the person I was on Skype with all the time. Yeah. Okay. That was when I was in San Antonio, Texas, and they were in Richmond, Virginia. Yep. Okay. So that was the only interaction we had. So, to us, it was great, but then whenever she came to visit San Antonio, of course, that was light years better than far far away from the actual just digital interaction. interaction. But if you're within an easy drive distance of that person, and all you do is communicate digitally and spend very little time together, or if you do spend time together... And you're constantly on your phone to doing this and the other, then yeah, it's, 
it's very harming to a relationship unless that's what you're looking for. Yeah, um, I think what you're trying to say is take what you can get. Like, beggars can't be choosers, basically, right? Yeah, and in certain circumstances, you need whatever communication you're allowed to find and have. Yeah. But if you're able to spend time with that person in person, if you're constantly on your phone or doing, you know, something that puts kind of like a wall between y'all, yeah, yeah, that's not healthy for conducive relationships. So basically, the whole point of this conversation has been, man, who the fuck knows? Just just be honest with people. Fuck. Just communicate with that person, do what you like, and hopefully that person will like it too, and then things will work. <laughs> well, we're going to wrap up this conversation. We're going to get to the brand new questionnaire that I came out with. Just one last thing. Let's talk about something else that nobody ever likes to talk about. Breakups. Yeah. Have you ever been, like, dumped, dumped? Yes. Couple times. All right. And there, there's been good ones, and then there's been really bad ones. All right, let me ask you this. Have you ever dumped someone, like just dumped them? Yes. What, what What do you feel is worse? Ugh. <laughs> gotcha. I, I, well, I feel like most of my answers always come back around to, you know, it depends on the individual. Yeah. But for me, for me, it's breaking up with someone. If I'm doing the breaking up, because... You know, in that in that instance, I become very empathetic. Yeah. And I'm, you know, this person is going to be crushed, and they're going to be sad because they want this to work, but I'm not feeling it anymore, or this has happened, and this is that, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling, you know, my heart starts to hurt and break because I know their heart is going to be broken and upset. Yeah. So then. You know, because some people can just go up like, hey, yeah, we're broken up, I'm sorry, that's it. And then they walk away scot-free. Yeah. Me, it's, it's, like, I have to build myself up and just, okay, this is the right thing to do, it's okay, they're going to be fine, don't get sucked back into it because then you're going to have to do it all over again, just go in, get it done with, it's going to suck, and they're going to be sad, but hopefully they'll be adult about it and we'll keep you friends later. I am on the opposite end for you uh, of you. Look, I've I've broken up with a few people in my life, whether it was an official relationship or not. I've had to end it with a few people, and you know I've never been dumped. Like I've never had a girl tell me, "Look, this is over. It's it's done." But as you can attest, I have been rejected so many times in my life, which sounds a lot more pathetic than it actually is, but. I have gotten the cold water of rejection in my face, which is, I guess, akin to uh, being dumped. I don't know. Um, I, I, it's, it, it's, it's. There's, there's some overlap, but it's not exactly the same. They're, they're similar, not identical. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you, man. There was a time, a long time ago. I was really crazy about a girl, and I, I hope you'll remember this. I put it all out there. We were friends for a while. I. I was crazy about her. I put it out there and I'm not, I got hard rejected. Like not even like, (laughs) I can't really go into it because people involved might be listening, but, uh, I got rejected and I'm not going to lie, man, that I thought that was worse than any time I've ever had to break it off or break up with someone. Like I didn't sleep 
It happened on a Friday. Let me tell you this. It happened on a Friday. Uh, I got my answer on a Friday. Yep. And I went home. I said hello to my roommates. I locked myself in my room. I took with me inside my room a bottle of bourbon. And I just drank for the entire weekend. And I barely slept. It was awful. I never want to be that low ever again. I was so hurt. Like, I was so just, ugh, it was rough. And I'm gonna tell you, man, that hurt worse than ever. Because I totally get what you're saying about breaking up with someone. Like, you try and rationalize it, and you try and build it up as you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right thing. It doesn't feel like it, but you are really doing the right thing. But man, that, that gut punch I got after being rejected, it was... It was brutal, man. I never want to feel that ever again. And I, I always felt like breakups were tough, but they were kind of relieving. Nothing about yeah. that. Nothing about that rejection was relieving at all. At all. It was just. It was just anger. It was just like I was angry, not at her, at myself, forever getting this worked up, and just like not being able to control my feelings because I was so. I was so hurt, man. I'm not even gonna lie. It hurt me. It cut me deep. It cut me deep, son. So, I don't think I've ever told anyone this actual story. So, this is gonna be a fun one for the world to know. A podcast exclusive. A podcast exclusive. (laughs) Um, but no. So, there was a there was a girl that I was crushing on pretty hardcore in high school. Yeah. And um, so. We, we all ended up like going to a friend's house and we were playing manhunt. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like group, uh, hide and seek. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's just a little game, right? You know? Yeah. Like hide and seek. And it was like, you know, it was at nighttime and we're out in the woods and everyone's hiding and being stupid, you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So the girl and I, you know, found the same spot. Okay. So we're sitting there. Hanging out, talking this and that. Ooh la la. And oh, just wait. So we're sitting there talking, and I'm talking to her because I think she was—I think she's a year or two older than I am. So I'm asking her. So we're talking. Somehow we're getting up to the topic of you know relationships. Yeah. And um, so it's like, okay, well, you know. This girl really like, but I don't know exactly how to approach this person about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, trust me, it gets better. <laughs> I'm like, so you know, I really don't know how to approach this person about it. You know, I think they do, but I'm pretty sure they don't. This that, and the other. And she's like, you know, just you just need to go for it. You know, because it'll be better to just go for it and get rejected. Then, you know, not do it and not know whatever happened. At least you then have a, you know, confirmed response and you're not left wondering. So, like, I mean, that's, that's true. I sat there for a second and I was like, can I kiss you? And she said, no. (laughs) Just right there. No. I just left it. Like, okay. Noted. Cool. Awesome. Great. Come to find out. Come to find out. She would not kiss me because she's a lesbian. 
<laughs> needless to say, there was no interest whatsoever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. No, trust me. I know what rejection's like, and it's not pretty. Oh, buddy. Well, at least you know it wasn't you. It wasn't because of you. It was all men. <laughs> it wasn't me, but it was me in a sense. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I hate to laugh at your misery, but that was fucking funny. But, no, but, it, but it was a life lesson. Um, <laughs> hey, rejection sucks, but A, the chances of you being rejected like this again are slim to none. Oh my god. And, and two, I got my answer. It's confirmed. <laughs> and then we moved on, and that was it. Justin, I'm sorry. That was awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm not, like, again, I think you're the only person that whoever else listens to this that knows that story. Oh, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being comfortable enough to share that. That was, I really do appreciate it, man. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was back in high school. Oh, man, that stick, so, that's going to stick with you forever. You're going to be 90 years old and never forget that fucking experience. Nope. But Ooh. hey, we, but we are still friends to this day, and I got my answer. Yeah, that was it. I'm yeah. done with. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Do you want to move on to this new questionnaire? I, I know it's been about an hour, and I prom we might go a little bit over, but you want to knock it out real quick? Yeah, we can knock that out. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so this is last last volume, last season, last year. You know. I was using the Pivo questionnaire, which was borrowed from Panarin Pivo that was used in Inside the Actor Studio. And for this year, I'm going to have the same, a lot of the same people on and think like, like yourself. And I don't want to, I still like the questionnaire at the end. Um, but I didn't want to like ask you all the same questions. Like that's kind of lame. So I was like, I'll just come up with my own. Right. And these are just, you know, these are some random, you know, personality questions and some trivial questions about you that you can that you can answer and you just maybe offer some insight um and with that said I, I think we're gonna get rolling okay ready what was your first car my first car was a 1992 nissan 240sx two-door and that thing was i loved that car and it was the, i think the best part about that car is that it had all like the little you know, unnecessary things for a car that just made it even cooler than what it was. Wait. It was... Huh? Wait, so you got... It's a 92, and you got it, what, 20... 2006, 2005? Yeah, 06, 07. Wow, dude. So that car was, like, 15... 14, 15 years old when you got it, and it was was still running well? Yeah, I mean, it only had 150,000 miles on it. Like, some old lady had it, apparently, mm. and um, brought it to a dealership that my dad was working at and traded it in for a BMW. Nice. So, my dad was like, yeah, this is mine. No one else has touched it. This is for my older son. But, um, but no, to go into it, like, it had, it was a stick shift, a manual. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, if you don't know how to drive a manual to anyone who's listening, you need to learn because it's so much fun. Um... It was a rear-wheel drive, which yeah. is even better when you're on a stick. Uh, it had a sunroof, 
It had the flip-up headlights. It had automatic seat belts. Nice. Oh, and I, I rode in this car. I remember this car. I remember this car. Yep. And it had a speedometer that shown up on the uh, windshield. Nice. So, and all, like, the small little nuances that you don't really need in a car, but yeah. it makes a car that much better. Yeah, mine, I got my first car in 2005, 2006. It was a 99 Nissan Altima. I love this car. I'm sad that it... Well, let me ask you, what happened to yours? Oh, man. Uh, um, did, I, did I open up a wound? Yeah, well, I was stupid and blew the engine on it. Uh, and then, so, for those of you that don't really know cars, the Nissan 240s, that line of cars that Nissan had in the 90s, were heavily sought-after tuner cars. Like, Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, that kind of shit, yeah. So, you know, some of my car buddies suggested we get a souped-up engine for it, we would all help build it, and it would take two, three months tops to build. Eight months later, I finally get it out of the garage, and it's misfiring on a piston, so it's not running properly. And I ended up having to sell it because it was stuck in my pants' driveway. And that gave me the ultimatum of either sell it or it's going to the junkyard. Yeah, until the end of this month. Damn. So I ended up having to sell it for $800, which is a fraction of the cost of money I put into that thing trying to get it to work. That was 2014. Yeah, I remember riding on the car, yeah. I think 2014 was when the car was was when I blew the engine. And then 2015, because it was like right around like the fall, uh, when I got the car back on the road. Mm. And then it was like 2015 where I finally sold it. Mm. That car lasted about 10 years, so... I got mine, like I said, it was a 99 Nissan Altima. I love this car. My only complaint about this car was it was metallic shit brown. Like, it was <laughs> it was poop colored and I hated that. But it was a great car. I loved this car. Unfortunately, I had this car from 2005 to 2008 because, no, sh- no shitting, my first week of school in LSU, I totaled it. And... Oh. It was rough. Uh, I hated losing that car because while I think it was a four-cylinder, it wasn't really powerful. I felt like I lived Fast and the Furious in that car because I felt like I could... I felt I literally could street race in that car. Probably not, but I felt like it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, let me ask you this. Next question. Biggest or weirdest guilty pleasure? Biggest or weirdest guilty pleasure? Yeah, I kind of. I feel like you, you'll if, if, if people listening to this episode who listened to last week's episode. We talked about guilty pleasure when it came to song, but I decided to broaden it to include like any guilty pleasure. So please continue. Guilty pleasure. I'm trying to think because uh, you know me, I'm a very open individual. So 
Yeah, but what's, what's something if someone walked in on you or heard you or saw you doing or saw you, like, watching, what's something you'd be like, okay, I know how this looks? <laughs> <laughs> um, God, man, I'm trying to think now. Um, so, give me yours to give me a chance to, like, conjure a thought now. Okay, alright, alright, you ready? You ready for this? I don't know. If, okay, so I don't know if this is like a guilty. Pl- like I, I, I just it made me think of it when I when I thought about this question. I am a huge. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge uh, magic nerd, like magician, not like Magic the Gathering or like fucking witches and Wiccans and all that bullshit. No, like I love magicians. Like I love them. I love card tricks. I love illusions. I'm not a David Blaine fan because I think he's he gets on my nerves, but, like, like, especially card magic, like, playing card magic, you know, like, sleight of hand techniques and all that stuff. I fucking love those. I could watch those for hours, because I'm always fascinated, because I've picked up a few, i picked up on how they do a lot of these tricks and a lot of their techniques, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I love watching a new magic trick, and trying to figure out, okay, how did they do that? And, like, it's kind of weird. I don't know, but um, I, 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 I'm not even kidding, man. I could watch them for hours. Like I'm immensely fascinated with card magic and card tricks and all that stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so mine is so you've obviously seen Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Okay. So, um, every so often, I'll be like walking driving, sitting, something. And I'll, like, start moving my hands like I'm throwing energy balls. Yep. And I'll, like, envision, like, it going over this way and the explosion and I'm doing this and that. So you'll just see me, like, just stand there and you'll see my hand kind of, like, open up and act like it's throwing something. Yeah. But it's very subtle, like, down by my waist. And then you'll see my eyes, like, trace where it was actually going everything. Yeah. So, if someone were to walk, like, see me doing that, just ask me, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That would, that would be, uh, I'm, uh, just stretching my, flexing my wrist around. I, I don't know what you're, I don't know. <laughs> what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right. What the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing, dude? Shut up. Uh, all right. Um, okay. Who is a uh, who is a role model of yours, or who is your singular role model? It can be anyone. Who's somebody you kind of like? Yeah. Who's your role model? Uh, who's my role model? I think. I mean, as cliche as it is, my dad has always been like a big role model to me because yeah, he he's gone through a lot, but he still like pushes and perseveres and you know, does the best he absolutely can for myself, my brothers, my mom, the family, and just, you know, he'll work a job that's two hours away and drive to and from it every day. Yeah. Because it's the best job he has, and it's, you know, what'll provide the most for the family and everything. So he's, just for just sheer willpower, my dad is definitely one of them. Yeah. I think that's common with a lot of, you know, like, if you for sons, it's their dads. For moms, it's or for daughters, it's their moms. Uh, I'm I'm gonna agree. My stepdad is also one of my role models. He's 
his demeanor and his outlook on most things, I try and like. For instance, I think I told you this the other day. My coworkers have started calling me Switzerland, right? Because I try and yep. remain neutral. I try not to like get involved in office politics or office gossip or anything like that. I try and stay out of it. And I try and keep an even keel and I try just, you know, be very laid back at work and shit like that. And I I get that a lot. I well I've I've modeled that after my stepdad because he's so so mellow and so kind of stoic that me, I'm naturally passionate. Like I'm naturally like, this is how I feel and I want the world to know it. Probably why I started a podcast, but uh, yeah, I I have to say, like you know, reserve yourself. Like, don't take, don't just chill, just relax, just keep your keep keep your wits about you. Be very level headed. Be very like, you know, it's all right. Like one of the best things my stepdad ever told me was, John, let the idiots do all the talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that simple. It's just like, let the idiots do all the talking. And yep. I, I, I'm telling you, dude, it was an epiphany. Like, I was like, that is so true. Just let the idiots do all the talking. So, okay. So I guess this next question kind of feeds into the guilty pleasure, but I guess it could be something else. Uh, what's something most people don't know about you? Um, well, I mean, when people first meet me, I had, you know, when I was working at one of my previous jobs, when I walked in and told him, like, yeah, I love, you know, I'm going to go see this new comic book movie coming out because I love comics. Mm-hmm. They all looked at me like, what the fuck do you mean you like comics? I, like, I don't know if you'll know this, but I'm a huge fucking nerd. Yeah. And they, none of them believed me for like a week. Yeah. That to like put that out there, like, no, trust me, I am. And I have had to prove it multiple times over. Yeah. Um, so if you're just meeting me, you know, you have no idea who I am. Um, depending on what I'm wearing, you'll never get that I'm a huge nerd. Yeah. Um, but something that most people don't know about me, and yeah, I don't know, because I'm, I'm such an open book, it's trying to figure out, like, what's something I don't tell a lot of people? Yeah. yeah. That's another hard one. I was, I was looking over these questions and trying to think them over, like, <laughs> what, like, what actually makes sense right now? <laughs> Who am I? Here's something people don't know about me. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't think most people would ever know this about me. I desperately wish I could sing. Like, I really wish I could sing. Like, I like if I could have, like, one talent, I wish I could sing. Like, I love singing badly, obviously, but I love singing. I think singing's awesome, and I really wish I knew how to sing, or wish I could sing and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, I, okay. I really, I really wish that I had done gymnastics. I think you would have been good like, in it. I really wish I had done gymnastics. Just so I could be more flexible and I could have turned it into something more fun, like dancing. I wish I could dance. That's the thing. I wish I could do like freestyle dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. These next two questions will be pretty quick. All right. Shark diving, bungee jumping, or skydiving? Skydiving. All day. That, that is my dream to go skydiving and be able to have the money and the time to, you know, go on my own and do it some kind of frequently. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
I would be more inclined to do skydiving, but I could easily do bungee jumping. Shark diving? Fuck no. You'll never get me in the water with a fucking shark. That is not happening. Oh, I would do that too. But if it was like out of the three and I only had to pick one, it'd be skydiving. Nope. But if it was, would you do all of them? Absolutely. Fuck no. You're never getting me in the water with a shark. I don't care if I'm in a cage or not. No, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. okay, uh, next question. Coke, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or other? Coke, all day long. You, like, that is not even a question. Uh, see, dude, I gotta go Pepsi. I love Pepsi over Coke. No, dude, Coke, all day. Like, as we were doing this, I was drinking a vanilla Coke, which is the king of the re- of the traditional Coke. Uh, no, see... I used to, my, my old roommate, Ben, my, one of my best friends, he loves vanilla Coke, and so does his, uh, so does Morgan, his uh, girlfriend, and also my friend, obviously, but they love vanilla Coke, and I'm like, it's alright, I guess, but give me Pepsi any day of the week. No. Coca-Cola all day. Alright. All day. <laughs> alright, so, next question, hypothetically, you get, you unexpectedly get an afternoon off, what do you do? I unexpectedly get an afternoon off. Yeah, like... And it's just like a random day. Yeah, any day. Weekday, weekend, whatever. Um, nine times out of ten, I'd probably just come home, sit down, either watch a movie or play the game, play a game that I'm playing now. Yeah. Um, if it's nice out, I'd probably go downtown, have a drink and some food, grab a book and read downtown. Yeah. Or I'll just... See who's available. See if anybody else is off and wants to hang out, shoot the shit. So I guess it just depends on my current mood and what the weather is like. Uh, I'm going to say probably for me, I would probably go see a movie. Like if I would, I would probably check what's playing. And if there was something good, I'd probably go see a movie. Fair enough. All right. Next question is, okay, so what is, what do you love? the most about your town, and what do you hate the most about your town? I mean, the thing I love and hate is the same thing. I love that it's a it's a small town and that yeah. you can go pretty much anywhere and know someone. Yes. But at the same time, I hate that you can go pretty much anywhere and know someone. Yeah, man. I, like, I, I recently visited you in Charlottesville this past November and I love it there, man. It's great. But I definitely I like I love the small town vibe. I've never lived in a small town, but I totally get what you're talking about. Cause it's nice. Like it's nice that, you know, if I were to like on my day off. Yeah. And I were just like there were the days where I've been off early and I went downtown just to hang out. It's and very, I ran into a couple of friends and we all ended up grabbing a drink together. It's very scenic too. There's a lot of nature in Charlottesville. Yeah. And it was very, and it was nice, and now it's fun. But at other times, you know, if I'm taking someone out, and it, I want it to be just us, I hate going somewhere, and then I was like, oh, dude, Joseph, I haven't seen you forever, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Cool to see you. I just try to be with this person. Can I have a second? So, it, it's a twofold, and it, again, it's a love-hate. Yeah. I've been living in Austin. Yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. I've been living in Austin for over a year now, and I'm gonna tell you what I love about it is I do love. There's a lot of opportunity here. That's what I'll say. Uh, but 
I can tell you definitely what I hate most about Austin is the fucking traffic. I hate traffic so much. It's the worst. Uh, oh, I think we skipped a question. <laughs> I think we definitely skipped a question, so let's go back to it. Um, what bores you, or what is the most boring thing you can think of? Like, what would be, what would, like, do, what what bores you, basically, yeah. What bores me? Yeah. Shallow conversation. Yeah, I agree. Like, if someone is talking about, you know, he said, he said, she said, you know, oh my God, this just happened on this reality TV show or, you know, this, like that kind of just like, I get shallow conversation. Yeah. I, I, I get so bored yeah. because I don't, I have no interest in these things. It just, yeah. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I can't focus. I'm, I'm not here right now. Please leave a message. Yeah, I would say the traffic thing is what got me thinking about this question. I don't know, man. I just hate... Yeah, I would say pointless conversations as well. Like, talking for the sake of talking. Like, just like... I have relatives that like to talk, and I just know people that just like to talk because they don't like this... They don't like silence, and they don't like... They think of two people sitting alone uh, not talking is a bad thing. Like, I, I hate pointless interaction like i'm like and i'm not i'm not talking about small talk small talk's not bad it's like it's like asking a question asking any asking me a question that you're just like trying to ask a question you're not you don't you may or may not care about my response but you just want to talk for the sake of talking it's just like no i don't i'm not about that life i'd rather like actually engage with people and talk about things with people that I'm actually interested in and stuff like that. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. <laughs> Have you ever used a pickup line or has one ever been used on you? <laughs> I have actually used a pickup line. Yeah. And it went surprisingly better than I ever would have thought. Okay. So hit us with it. Hit us with it. So. I was on one of my recruiting trips to one of my potential colleges. Okay. And um, it was in the D.C. area, and I was walking around with with the swim team because okay. that's because I was looking to swim there. All right. And me and this girl were, you know, kind of hitting it off a little bit. You know, still tr- still trying to gauge the water, but going with it. Sure. So, learning my lesson from the rejection of just going for it. Um, I was like, hey, has anyone ever, like, you know, ever swept you off your feet before? And she said, no, not that I, not that I can think of. And I scoop her up, like, bridal step style, like, <laughs> now you have. That's, that's a hell, that's not a pickup line, that's a pickup technique. <laughs> I mean, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked phenomenally well. And like I said, it worked a lot better than what I thought. Yeah, you didn't get slapped in the face, I take it, right? No, no slap in the face. She actually, like, giggled the night away. Like, yes. Best pickup line ever? Nailed it. The one, I've only used a pickup line once in my entire life. And it actually did work, but I'm embarrassed that I ever actually said these words. But 
I was uh, I was I was in college. I was at a bar and I saw a girl sitting by herself. And one of my biggest things is I can go talk to a girl one on one, but if a girl is with a group of people that I really want to talk to, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't go interrupt a group to talk to this one person. That just that just I can't. I, I can't. Do it. Like I, I see it as rude in my mind. Like I don't want to like yeah. exclude everyone else. So I went up to this girl. She was sitting by herself, and I asked her. I'm not even kidding. I was like. <laughs> we were at a club, all right? There was a dance floor, all right? So I asked her, hey, I'm John. How are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm like, I need to ask you a question. She's like, okay. And I was like, are you glued to that seat or do you want to go dance? It was, huh. it was bad. I was like, I actually said it pretty convincingly because she was like, oh, yeah, I'll go dance with you. So, But I was like, I had to trick myself into saying it. Like, I was like, you have to believe it. Like, you know how you, they tell you to, to lie convincingly? You have to believe the lie? I had yep. to believe in this in this line. I was like, I had to be like, fake it this until is, you make it, the dude. greatest pickup line ever. Go for it. I was like, this is incredible. She's gonna love it. Go for it. And she actually did. Turns out she had a boyfriend, and it didn't go anywhere. But, I pulled it off. <laughs> Yeah, well, some of that comes more naturally to to some of us than others. Uh, okay, last question, and I'll let you out of here, all right? Okay. Dream vacation. Oh. No no limit on spending. You can go anywhere for pretty much however long you think a vacation is supposed to last. Uh, dream vacation. It would probably be... You know how you always see the pictures of, like, the random, like, huts, but they're on the ocean? Yeah. And, like, some, they're, like, somewhere, like, out east, like, off of Thailand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be my dream vacation, just to have one of those, like, little huts by itself. Maybe it's its own private little island. I don't give a damn. Yeah. Just somewhere where it's 75, 80, 85 degrees every day, sunshine, blue, crisp water as far as the eye can see, maybe a couple islands or mountains in the background, yeah. and just and just be there for a week. That's all I would need, just a week to just get there and just relax and do nothing. That, that to me, my ultimate dream, that is what I want to do before I die. So like a tropical kind of vacation, like beachfront vacation, yeah. But not like Mexico, Costa Rica, where there's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, lot, yeah. like an isolated beachfront vacation. Okay. Mine, as it stands right now, um, I would go back to Venice in a heartbeat. But my dream vacation, honestly, is to take a tour of. Ireland, like that's my dream vacation. Like I want to go to Ireland and just, I I would I could stay there for probably two weeks or so, maybe even a month if I you know could afford it and stuff like that. But that's I would love to go to Ireland, man. I'm Irish. It means a lot to me. I would love love to go just tour Ireland and that just uh, that sounds so awesome and just see like the like the green hills and shit like that, you know? Oh yeah, I mean I would love to tour just. Europe and see London, Ireland, Scotland, Paris, you know, Italy, see all the different cultures and all the different lands. Yeah. But if I just had one trip, that's what I would do. Yeah. Middle of nowhere, 
warm and sunshine, water all around, and just just peace and quiet and nothing like that. That to me is the end all be all. Yeah. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for me and Justin today. Man, this was great. I loved it. Thank. You. I always love having you on, my man. I always love talking to my brother. Uh, I, I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. Hey, I hope you do the same, and I will uh, see you on the next podcast. Man. I love you, my man. Uh, I love you too, brother. All right, bye. Uh-